G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. I'm here discussing AFL fantasy and everything team selection. The teams for round seven have been announced. There were a few curveballs thrown for a lot of coaches, including me. Uh, luckily, I don't have Lockie Whitfield, but things weren't uh, peachy by any means. I'm going to discuss the whole Whitfield saga and scenario, talk a couple of potential targets if you want to look at moving him on and then dive into a bit more of the team selection and a couple of other hot topics going around in the AFL Fantasy Word. Hopefully, I'll keep this thing pretty brief. I want it to be a nice bite-sized thing. Maybe do it every week after team selections unfold so that you can get a little bit of information to help make your trades ahead of lockout on Friday. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Let's start with the biggest talking point of all. Lucky Whitfield has been ruled out for this weekend's clash against St Kilda thanks to his corked thigh, which is less than ideal for a lot of coaches that own Whitfield. I've been in the trade camp all week because I believed after listening to Leon Cameron's press conference that he was going to be traded out, and I'm still sitting in that boat. I mean... It's a tricky position. I can totally understand both sides of the argument. You don't really want to get him out if you have full intention to bring him back in in three weeks' time, but there's no guarantees that this one-week injury for Whitfield is only going to be a one-week injury. That's what we're all hoping and what we're all subscribing as doctors and uh, experts because usually a cork isn't going to be a long-term injury, but try telling that to Jaron Geary. Now, Whitfield's is nowhere near as serious, but I do think that trading him is the right move. You can get a lot of value by trading him down to someone like a Basha Hooley or a Jason Johannesson type. That could help you move another rookie off your field with that extra cash. Or, if you're smart about it, you could hold onto that cash and use it to bring Whitfield back in for maybe a Brody Smith or a Zach Williams, or maybe even Basher and Jason Joe if they underperform. So that's where I sit in that camp. I think if you had to trade him down and you want your pick of the bunch, you've got Jake Lloyd as your top option. you got Whitfield as well. I'd lean towards Rory Laird. It's pretty crazy that he's got the sixth highest average and we're still calling him underperforming at the moment. So I reckon he's going to go bang any day now. So I would advise to get Laird. And I'm not against going after James Sicily. He's someone that I've got my eye on. And looking at my buy structure, he has a handy round 12 buy. So that could help make a couple of coaches' decisions. The biggest shock from team selection this week was easily Charlie Constable being omitted from Geelong. We didn't really expect that after he was managed and then came back against West Coast. We all expected him to stay in the side for a couple more weeks, but unfortunately, that's not the case. Now that he's been dumped, there's a few different ways you can go. I will probably look to trade him out personally, and I think you should too if you are an owner. That being said, there's nothing wrong if you have other pressing needs. Maybe you want to get rid of Whitfield and do a couple of other fancy moves or whatever. Maybe you own Jack Scrimshaw and you want to move him on as well. I'll talk a little bit about him in a minute, but... I think moving Constable is probably the right move because there are a couple of options and trade targets. So you can go down to someone like Jack Ross or even Will Hayes and still pocket yourself quite a chunk of change, which is a nice get. And you can probably feel safe in fielding both of them for a couple of weeks. I know that if you want to remove a rookie, the last thing you want to do is replace it with another rookie. But unfortunately, our, for our hands have been forced after uh, Constable's 
been omitted. There's nothing wrong with moving him up, obviously. If you wanted to get rid of Whitfield and Constable, you could get real creative and bring in a couple of different players. I think from memory, if you get rid of the two of them, you'd have about one point... Oh, quick math, 2 million to play with, 1.25. And obviously, if you have a little bit saved up, that adds on top. So you could look at getting someone like Basha Hawley and maybe a Taylor Adams type. Adams has had a couple of games and where he's struggled, but he's had some big games as well. And on the weekend, he goes up against Port, who he loves playing against traditionally, according to his numbers. But it is worth flagging that his lowest uh, average opponent is Carlton, who he plays next week. But... Yeah, I think the rise move is to trade Constable. Having been omitted, there's no guarantees that he'll be back anytime soon, so probably look to get him out. Finally, I talked a little bit about Jack Scrimshaw. He's been managed by the Hawks, and there's probably a high likelihood of him coming back next week. There's no guarantees, though, but I'd expect with a managed term that he's going to bounce back and return to the side. Again, like I said, it's a little bit risky. If you can move him on and you've got other options and you've got other trade plans, then there's nothing wrong with doing that. It doesn't by any means mean you have to keep Scrimshaw because he's a high chance to play again next week, but... He's got Melbourne this week, which was a shame because he would have gone great, but things get a little bit hazy after that. He goes the Giants, Richmond, Port Adelaide, and Brisbane into his buy. So keeping him is a smart play, but if you could move him up to someone else, I'd probably advise for, to do that. We might be getting a bit of fresh meat this week. Now, there's a couple of players who I don't expect to play, but were named anyway that I'm going to touch on. Brett Bewley has been named in the Dockers extended squad, considering... Connor Blakely hasn't been named either, and Ross Lyon talked all week about how hard Frio's side is to break into. I can't see Bewley making his debut this weekend. However, as soon as he does, after his impressive JLT form and getting talked up a bit, I, I don't want to say he's a safe downgrade option because Ross the boss could do almost anything with his teams, but he does look like a good downgrade option and someone that I'd probably chase. A 170Ker doesn't come around every day and all we need him to do is potentially string a few games together. Next up is Sam Draper from the Bombers. Now he's someone that I've been covering in the Cash Cows article for a few weeks and is someone that I'm considering. I was kind of hoping Archie Smith would be the rookie that gets a gig but because he hasn't been named I might look at bringing Draper into my side. I will probably rest Scrimshaw and trade out Constable but Draper's going at an average of 99 this year in the VFL from his three games, and he's getting a lot of hitouts, which is good to see, but he's also gathering a lot of the footy, getting about four marks a game, just a tick over 17 touches, so he's a good option, maybe a sneaky draft chance, but that's someone I like. For Carlton, we could have two debutants this week with a lot of players out for them. Angus Schumacher, Schumacher from uh, the Blues is probably the one I would avoid. He's Looks like a key position defender. Has gone under 60 this year and last season. He was a 2017 pick. He's about six foot four, so I could be wrong in my analysis as a key position defender. But yeah, he's putting up key position numbers, so I would avoid him. But Liam Stocker is someone who might be worth a chance. He was the bloke that the Blues opted to trade up for, and they flipped their pick to Adelaide's or next year's pick so that they could secure him. Put up solid numbers as a junior, hasn't really lit the world on fire going at about 55 points in a couple of VFL games, but in the TAC Cup he averaged 83 last year, so is a little bit more expensive and could be a Jackson Hatley 2.0. You don't really want to go snagging him if he's only going to be dropped again next week, but his price makes him a bit tricky, 230-odd K. I'd 
I would advise against it. Give him a look and wait and see. And he could, if you hold on to Constable, be an option next week should he be named and play well against the Roos. Because I have been covering the rookies for the Dream Team Talk Boys, I'm going to dive into them a little bit and talk about my decision-making process between picking out of a few. So a lot of people have hit me up on Twitter and asked whether they should go Nick Larkey or Josh Corbett from the Suns. And I'm leaning towards going Corbett for a few reasons. Number one is that while he didn't score well on the weekend, part of the reason was because the Suns weren't really helping him with their delivery. I know Gold Coast isn't going to turn it around overnight and magically hit him on the chest with every kick, but there is a high likelihood that he'll score a bit better and get a few more marks and kicks. In the VFL last year, he averaged 8 marks, which is pretty good. Averaged 10 from a few NEFL games as well, and went at an average of 77 in the VFL, playing, I think from memory, about 9, 10 games. On Nick Larkey's case, though, he only averages 4... This is last season in the VFL. Averaged 4 marks and 61 points, and that was with him kicking 41 goals, so... Players that rely heavily on goals to kick a lot of or get a lot of fantasy points do worry me. He's by no means a bad pick. If you wanted to get him in, then there's nothing wrong with that. But considering there's a little bit of a price difference between the two, and the chances are you're offloading someone like Matthew Parker in your forward line, maybe Jack Petricelli, I would advise for Corbett and take a little bit more of the coin. We saw Lukosius get dropped this week, so... That kind of indicates to me that Corbett will get a couple of games and string them together. Larky should as well, and like I said, they're both solid picks, but I'm leaning towards Josh Corbett for a few of those reasons. The next dude that I got asked about was Noah Ainsworth, and now that Isaac Cumming has been named for the Giants, there are a few people that were trying to toss up between the two of them. They're almost exactly the same price, and considering Ainsworth has a game under his belt and kept his spot in the side, I would lean towards him. However, it is worth noting, because they didn't make any changes to their side, that one of those rebounding Brisbane defenders could come back in and take his spot as soon as next week. But I like him over Isaac Cumming, who he's fine. He's averaging 80 from four NEFL games so far this um, NEFL season, Rezzy's uh, campaign, and averages 21 touches in the NEFL for the Giants. So he's a fine option, could put up points, been named on a wing, so... There's definitely merit in bringing him in. However, he does look like an instant Lockie Whitfield replacement, so I have doubts over whether he can keep his spot in the Giants' outfit. So for that reason, I'd lean towards Ainsworth, but honestly, neither of them fill me with a lot of confidence. That's going to do it for the Round 7 team chat. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow for more episodes in the future. My moves at the moment are getting a bit funky. I'm looking at... Maybe axing Constable and bringing in Jason Johannesson into my back line and flipping Stack into my team. But then I'm also looking at uh, maybe getting Noah Ainsworth into my midfield bench. Then I have a link between my mid and defense and probably downgrading Parker to Corbett so that I've got a lot of money to chase Whitfield when he comes down in price and potentially Travis Boak as early as next week. But thank you for tuning in. Good luck with your trades ahead of round seven. Until next time, peace. Peace.